0: This is episode 49 of Dead Letter Radio. As always, I'm your host, Taze, and this is the show with the slogan, Your Words, Your Podcast. Because here we feature your writing, poetry, short stories, song lyrics, unsent letters, anything and everything you've written down. Give it a voice, a platform, an audience, but you are the star of each and every episode. If this is your first time tuning in, and you'd like to see how your work can be featured on this show, stay tuned to the end of the episode, and I'll go over how to do so. So, how are you doing today? Well, as always, I hope your week is going well, and if it's been rough, I hope this can be a little bit of a break for you, or you can get a bit of a breather. Or maybe this will be a uh, fresh start as you start your day heading into work, Either way, let's sit and talk for a bit and go over some amazing pieces. Now, if you would entertain my rambling for a little bit, and if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, then you're probably thinking you kind of always entertain my ramblings in the beginning of the show. Um, but a few pieces uh, brought this to mind that will be featured in this episode. And it's about our, our perception of how we are making our way through life. As much as this is a writing podcast, I also want it to be a place that encourages creativity, but also encourages uh, talking and expressing how we feel and the things we go through. And so I like taking these moments, as I said, to have a conversation. And so today, as I said, I want to like to talk a little bit about how we feel about going through life or uh, what is our uh, outlook, our perspective on it. Oh, I can at least talk for myself. In a lot of ways, I feel like I just stumble through it. <laughs> I might have goals in mind, uh, some concrete and some more vague, uh, but my pathing is not always very sound or clear, and I just try to make the best that I can uh, of an uh, uneven path, uneven terrain. And so maybe you feel the same way. Maybe life just feels like you're kind of moving on from one challenge to the next, hitting your milestones as you get there, and then overcoming each hurdle and obstacle. And that could apply even create in creativity, where it feels like, you know, maybe you're trying to hold on to that creative fire, and it burns out eventually, but especially if you're working for a deadline or towards a deadline, you have to keep pushing forward. And it's something that I think we all have said or acknowledged, is that once we become an adult, uh, we realize that no one quite knows what they're doing. (laughs) So what's your perception of how you are making it through life? Do you feel like you have a clear path and know, for the most part, uh, what steps you're taking to get to your goal? And if so, that's great. Hats off to you. Uh, Or do you fall a little bit more in my camp, where maybe you have your goals in mind, but the pathing is not always clear, so you trip, and you stumble a little bit, you have to dust yourself off and get up again, Um, but you keep moving forward, and I think that's what the big idea of it is, is that we keep moving forward, we keep trying our best, because if we're doing that, then who can fault us? Uh, We're choosing not to stay still, and we might stay still for a little bit to rest, but we pick ourselves up, we decide it's time to move on, and we keep going, even if uh, we might be walking on uneven terrain, or we're stumbling, or we're tripping, or we're moving a bit slower than we hope because we see other people seem to be running far ahead. So it all comes at our perspective, right? If we acknowledge that we are moving in some manner, that we're hitting even tiny milestones, then that's progress. And even in creativity, if we're maybe we feel like our writing has hit a roadblock. And maybe we can only get out a sentence that feels very valuable when we wish we got out a whole other page or a whole other chapter. Well, that's still progress. We're all moving through life, so our perception, our perspective, is what changes how we feel about things. And so if we have it more of a forgiving perspective on ourselves, usually as we have on other people... It makes walking this path a bit easier, don't you think? Well, that is my ramble. <laughs> Thank you for entertaining it, as always. I'll tell you, this podcast episode is being recorded at 4 a.m., and I'm sitting here uh, just trying to relax from not a busy day, but a little hectic running around. I'm trying out a new uh, uh, mead. It's a mead with cranberries. Pretty good. And so I'm just having a little bit of that. And just really enjoying uh, this process of talking to you guys and going to share some amazing writing. So might as well hop right in, don't you think? Our first piece is by Sam, and it is titled, Letting Go. If my mama's hand had never let me go, Perhaps I never would have known that the dark could get so cold. And if my father had never shown me love, perhaps that anger in his eyes would not make such fear take hold. Every time the sunlight breaks my sleep, I know it's not the first time I've been plunged into the deep. Oh mama, oh papa, I'm trying so hard to swim, but I may never understand this mystery that you have left me in. This that I cling to is the only thing I know. But if I should float, I believe I must let go. So thank you, Sam, for sharing this poem with us. I just thought this is a great way to start. Uh, whether we come from a two-parent household, a single-parent household, or uh, you know maybe we had numerous caretakers in our lives, or maybe we felt a little more on our own, we all usually stem from someone, from somewhere, some kind of influence. And at some point, there is that letting go. Um, our parents, at least in the case of this poem, holding on to us, uh, gave us, some, in a lot of ways, comfort, warmth, and protection. And then we realize how cold the world could be. They've shown us so much love that when we disappoint, we learn how hurtful it can be. And then, next thing we know, we're in the deep end of life and adulthood, and I really enjoyed the line Sam that she said, I'm trying so hard to swim. Don't we feel like that a lot of times, that we are just trying our best to tread water, it's trying to struggle which way is the land, just figure out how exactly we get through this? But you end it on, to me, a positive note. But if I should float, I believe I must let go. Letting go is part of life. It's how we grow on our own, and in our individuality. It's how we learn to survive. It doesn't mean anything that we let go of is not important. But just like a bird leaves its nest, and just like we and in a lot of cases, leave our parents' home, we must let go and learn how to float. So thank you, Sam, for sharing. Our next piece is by Savannah, and you can also find them at it's me You 2 and that's the number, on Instagram. And it is titled, As a Kid. As a kid, I fell in love with the world before I realized that the world would never love me. This love was effortless. The way that I stared into the ceiling like it was a sky full of stars, like I could see all my dreams becoming a reality. The fan whooshed and spun around again. And before I could grab these dreams, before they were done forming, I drifted away. Light at first, And then heavy, my eyes became like stones in my face that I couldn't push off no matter what. The harder I fought, the more I forgot what I was fighting for. Dreams and reality became one tight rope that I was struggling to stay on. I could grab a hold of all my dreams, but at the loss of reality. What if my dreams were reality? What if the way I stared out of the window during the most boring school days was how I looked at reality? Just taking a pen and writing with the clouds. I fell in love, but it was childish, so I forgot in a snap when the teacher yelled recess. What if I conquered the world and rode a unicorn to the finish line? Would the kid me be happy? Or would I find myself in an endless hallway, walking and walking, but there is no end? The way I fell in love needed no explanation. I saw someone, and I searched for their story. What was your childhood like? How do you feel about your family? What's your favorite color? If you could make any prehistoric animal come to life, which one would it be? It's the child in me curious, yet hesitant. Wanting to be loved, but scared to give it. I'm still just drifting away through the clouds. I see my future, and I see my past, but what I don't see is the present. Then I look down weak after a long day of having my head held so high, because if it came down for a second. I would crash and fall and realize I wasn't as strong as I thought. As a kid, I fell in love with the world, not because it was beautiful, but because I saw it as beautiful. The kid in me yells with a strained voice just to be heard over my thoughts. Are you still an artist? No, I say defeated. Remember when it made you happy when smiles were genuine and you saw the world through rose-colored glasses? Do you not remember when Papa was a jungle gym and the only thing you were scared of was your own shadow? Why can't you remember? So thank you, Savannah, for sharing this piece with us. Regarding their piece, they said, To me, this poem is about me being in solitude and realizing it was never the world that messed me up, and this is basically me forgiving the world for the problems it never caused. Since I had a childhood amnesia, uh, excuse me. Since I had childhood amnesia, I was trying to remind myself how it was as a kid from the fragments that family have told me. How our perception of the world changes. Uh, you bring out in such a great way are the difference, the contrast of our childhood, our youth and the rose-colored glasses we look at the world and how we view it now. How we fell in love with the world but ultimately, the world's indifferent to us. As he said, he realized the world would never love you. But our love was effortless for it. Full of daydreams and wonders and the possibilities that Uh, We could see and imagine the future we hoped for for ourselves. It was dreams mixed with reality, which was the truth. And because we lived in our dreams to such an extent, was that our reality then? Was those possibilities our true reality? Reality is just what we perceive in a lot of ways. And so I really enjoyed your piece, especially as someone who, growing up, uh daydreamed a lot and loved to explore and adventures and it can be bittersweet thinking of us or of ourselves as a kid and what we hoped for our adult selves. Our dreams and aspirations to be artists, to be writers. did we go to space? Did we become a doctor? Did we own that dog we always wanted? And maybe we didn't achieve those things. And maybe we are a bit bitter that we didn't achieve those things. But as you said in your description of your poem, is that it's not always that the world messes you up. That's sometimes it's just, that's just life. We have hopes and dreams and they don't always uh, play out. But it's not always someone's particular particularly excuse me someone's fault it did bring to mind for me though that can't we get some of that wonder again I try to remind myself that the world is still an amazing place I still daydream on the daily and sometimes I look out the window like it was snowing a few days ago and I just thought how amazing Magical, watching the snow fall in silence. I still sometimes blow my mind how rain uh, rises from lakes in the ocean as precipitation then builds up so much that it falls from the sky. I understand the process, but sometimes I let my childhood wonder run away with it. And maybe if we're a little bitter or a little saddened and feel that our childhood selves would be disappointed on where we are, well, can't we still wish the best for us in the future? For our older selves, even compared to now? We could still have dreams of being a writer. Still have dreams of being an artist. Still have dreams of owning that one type of dog we always wanted. We're still here. So why should we stop dreaming? Thank you for sharing this piece again, Savannah. Our next one is by abstractly.quaint on Instagram, and it is titled Farming Memory. My heart is an acreage. Her memory is the algae, crammed with nutrients, yet lethal in reality. It's been uncultivated for a long time. No seeds to plant, no water. No sunlight, reality engulfed in fungus as far as I sight. A vicinity suffused with verdure where ambience remains calm, for what I wanted to bloom has become a barren algae farm. So, thank you so much for sharing this piece with us. Regarding this, they said, This poem is dedicated to my love and the bond we shared. How her memories are such beautiful, yet such haunting. Nobody could capture this heart because she still reigns here. I thought you described that in a very unique way. I don't think I've ever really thought about attributing that to uh, an algae farm. Yet, when I read this initially, the imagery, at least for me, was so vibrant I could picture the just an overwhelming uh, viridian, the green. And love can be that way. It's just, I don't know if you've ever been to a pond or you have a fish tank that's got overrun by algae, but left unchecked, algae just smothers everything in it. It grows wildly, uncontrollably. And as you said, having an acreage Where this memory of your love is the allergy. And yes, it might be nutritious. It might have very fond thoughts. Good times. Yet it can be overwhelming. It can smother everything else out. And this growth of love is calm. It's not chaotic. It's... A steady expansion, and it's in all intents and purposes beautiful. Yet, if you wanted something else to bloom, uh, you couldn't, might notice that all your thoughts are on this loved one, and it has become an algae farm, as you put it. So, I just thought this was a really fun take on the notion of falling in love and the thoughts and memories you still have of that person that you haven't either quite shaken or whether whatever your relationship status is, it's still growing, it's still there. The feelings are strong, overwhelming, very evident to yourself. So thank you for sharing abstractly. Next, we have a piece by Barbara, and it is titled Intermittent. How many days had it been... How many months will it be? How many years is it away? Ah, I've seen worse. So thank you for sharing, Barbara. Regarding this piece, they said, The background is basically just longing and wondering when happiness will come back into my life, and specifically waiting for it without really trying very hard the end specifically is me thinking about talking or explaining myself to someone or venting but deciding other people have it worse or what i don't want to bother other anyone who has problems of their own and just putting it off as not that bad i've seen worse situations all i have to do is worry about everyone else and not myself haven't we been there now, at least i know i myself have had Where you just wonder, when will things work out? When will things seem to fall into place? When will I get the perceived happiness that everyone else has? Because you know yourself, you haven't been happy for a while. But you hear about other people's problems. And maybe objectively people do have it worse than you do. And so... Why should you focus and worry about your own happiness and stress over it because other people have it worse? You should focus on them. On their state. And I think on paper that is a kind of thing. You know, putting others before yourself. If everyone did that, we would all be having someone help each other. Each one of us would always have someone in our corner. But, We know that can't always be the case. We know that people get distracted. We might not always have someone in our corner. So if we don't have someone in our corner who is maybe looking out for us 24-7, looking out for our happiness, then who looks out for our happiness? Well, we can. Uh, I remember a family member told me that just because, and I think this is from a therapy session they had, but they, they said, just because your problems may not be bigger than other people's problems, it doesn't mean that they aren't problems. And so just because you might lack happiness and other people might have a better reason to lack happiness doesn't mean you don't deserve happiness. And if you need to fight for your own happiness by yourself then there's nothing wrong with doing so. And it isn't easy. I think it's very uh, difficult if you're a type of person that puts others always ahead of yourself, which is an admirable quality. But at the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves. At the end of the day, we go home with ourselves. So yes, keep helping people. Keep looking out for people. And it's very commendable to put others first, but don't forget about yourself. You still gotta feed yourself. You still gotta love yourself. Thank you so much for sharing. Next, we have a piece submitted anonymously, and it is titled, There is Warm Smoke on My Tongue. There is Warm Smoke on My Tongue. And I want to be buried under the earth, with the cold soil and decomposers all around me, eating me, worshipping me. There is a fire in my lungs, and I want to be a passive observer, somewhere people can't see me, can't know me. I am afraid I will always be easy to know, easy to see, and easy to hunt. I am laying in bed unsatisfied, and I think I am too much like my father, wanting to numb those burns, cold soil and boundless love, smothering love can't know, can't see, can't kill what's already dead. Thank you for sharing this piece with us today. How often <laughs> and i do I start my sentences. Uh, A lot with how often, I guess so. But, laying in bed and feeling anxiety, uh, uh, letting our mind run wild, how we just want to sink away. And the line that actually I really honed in on, and really reflected on, is that line where you say, I am laying in bed unsatisfied. And that can be a terrible feeling, unsatisfied, unsatisfied with ourselves, uh, with our situation, with uh, whatever step or phase in life we're in, or unsatisfied with our relationships with people. It's just an aching emptiness, a yearning that there should be something, yet there's nothing. Ultimately, I really enjoy the visuals in this piece from the sinking away into the earth, from the longing to disappear yet be worshipped in our disappearance as the process of our decomposition happens, wanting to just be an observer where people don't know us because of our own insecurities that maybe we're too easy to know, too easy to figure out, too easy to prey upon. And it leaves that feeling, once again, of being unsatisfied. Reflecting where we come from, who we are. I just think this is a great piece and just takes me through the throes of uh, visualizing anxiety. Those late nights where we are robbed of sleep. So thank you so much for sharing with us. And that's it. That is the episode. So thank you so much to all those who... uh, allowed me to read and share your work on this podcast. As always, it's a great honor uh, to be able to present your words. Uh, The fact that you trust me to do so blows my mind every time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review or rating on wherever you listen to podcasts. It allows me to know how the show is doing and it makes it so that this show can reach more potential writers' ears, whether new or old, so they have a new place to listen, but also to share their unique outlook on life. If you want to take it a step further and support the show, even beyond that, there is a Patreon as well. They can easy either Google or look up on my links on our Twitter page. Now, if this was your first time listening and you would like to know how to submit your own work, for a chance to be featured, it's very easy to do so. Um, all the links to do so are is in part of my Twitter, which is Dead Cast. that's C-A-S-T, deadlettercast. Click on the link in the bio, and I'll have all the details of how to submit a piece. Uh, but if you don't want to go through Twitter, this is another way. You can just email me at deadletterradiopodcast at gmail.com. There you can include your piece in a PDF or Word document, Uh, include the title if there is one, how you'd like me to credit you, and that could be anonymously even, or your pen name, a username, or your real name, what have you. And then if you have any background information regarding the piece, like what inspired you to write it, what your goal was, anything of that nature that you possibly want shared on the podcast, you can include that as well, and that might be shared on the episode. So, you can email me or go to my Twitter at deadlettercast, C-A-S-T, and go to the link there, and I'll have all the rules for submissions and more information. So, how did you enjoy this week's episode? As I said before, I think in the last episode, things are a little more hectic on my end, but I'm always happy to talk with you a little bit, to check in and share some amazing work. I hope the rest of the day, week... And, well, time until we talk again goes well for you. That you keep moving forward to whatever goals you are aiming for and know that I am rooting for you. This is Taze with Dead Letter Radio, and I'm wishing you all safe travels.